Hey, it's Scott Petrak with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The Browns finished their season with a win over the Bengals backups to go eight and nine. General Manager Andrew Barry, Coach Kevin Stefanski, and several players talked to reporters after the season ended. To discuss what we heard is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. What's going on, Chud? Scott, ready to uh, get after it here. You know, it's, it's weird. that we, We've done so many of these, and not to actually talk about an upcoming game seems kind of, uh, well, I guess disappointing, right? Yeah, it takes us back to when we started this, right, in the offseason. We were talking about other things and, you know, free agency and training camp and, you know, non-games. But it's more fun when there's a game to talk about, right, especially with – what are they calling the super wild card weekend? We got games yeah. nonstop from Saturday afternoon to Monday night. Um, I love it. I yeah, love I mean, it. Me too. I, I'm really excited for it. I mean, this is, this is to me, it's the best time of the year um, as a football fan, right? You get to watch all these games and then the next week is good. And the next, I mean, it just keeps building. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, we've been talking I don't about think... the Browns being there, right? And they're not there. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone loves March Madness, and there's so many things in sports you say, oh, nothing beats this time of the year. Game seven of the World Series. I mean, there, there's so many things we could break down, but really there's nothing more enjoyable than the NFL playoffs. Every game you just can get into, and it's, it's just so much fun, and especially, you know, each weekend delivers its own thing. I, and to be honest with you, the Super Bowl is almost kind of a letdown compared right. to some of the weekends that lead up to it. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the uh, yeah that division weekend is great with the uh, whatever it is four games, and then you go down to the two games. Um, yeah, you know, it's the problem is they're only on the weekends, right? And you got the rest right. of the week, which is a little different than March Madness or even you know when college football is going on. But I'm with you. I really, I mean, I plan to just lock in in front of the TV and watch a bunch of football. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I like uh, you know picking picking teams with friends and kind of just you know, having different things on the line. If you can do small things and make it mm-hmm. fun, that's always enjoyable too. Uh, I know some people keep fantasy football going. I used to do that uh, with some buddies. There would be four of us, and we would actually pick fantasy teams uh, each weekend. So that was always fun. I kind of quit doing that. It just became too much. But uh, right. there's just, there's so much around it that you can have fun with. Uh, but I guess, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the last game, but as I watched it, uh, by the way, you got it right. I got it wrong. We both end up at uh, 10 and 7. So there you uh, go. after all that with the same record. And as I'm watching the game, I was just like, man, boy, did I get this wrong? You you nailed it. Uh, the Bengals just did not care. I, I thought that they might care a little bit more. Um, you know, the you know, the Browns, obviously Chubb played, you know, and the, the, the Browns definitely I'm not going to say that it's not like they went after it necessarily, but they, they definitely cared more. The, the Bengals just, you know, they, they didn't care and you were right on that. And uh, congrats on getting that right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals got <laughs> Jamar Chase's the Bengals season receiving record and then yep. they pretty much shut it down. Right. And the Browns cared, I, cared is might be a little strong, like you said, but Kevin Stefanski cared. He wanted to win. He wanted to um, go out the right way in his mind. And they played a lot of guys. I mean, Chubb started and then sat down and then went in for a couple more carries when Dernis Johnson got tired. But, you know, I kept looking out there, and for most of the game, into the second half, it was Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, 
John Johnson the third, right? I mean, they had their best players out there. The starting offensive line played all game. Um, so Stefanski coached it like he said he would. He wanted to win, and the Browns had more talent than the Bengals' second and third stringers. Um, and yeah, we don't need to spend much time on this at all, but I do want to make this point, and maybe it would have come up later anyway. But for all the people saying, oh, Case Keenum would have won all these games, and he should have been the guy when Baker was um, – you know, banged up during the season. But yes, Case Keenum won that game, but I think it's a wrong observation to think that how he played like makes the argument for he should have been playing during the season. He threw for like 175 yards, threw a pick into the end zone that cost the Browns points at the end of the first half and had a fumble that the Bengals returned for a touchdown that kept the Bengals in the game. So it's not like Case I mean, yes, he can operate the offense, but he made two huge mistakes that made it a close game where the Browns had to scramble to recover an onside kick, which they almost, almost butchered again, which would have been the second time this season. So, you know, not that one game means everything, but I think it was a reminder that Baker is better than Case Keenum, so much better than Case Keenum that when Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski for the 19th time say Baker was cleared to play, he practiced good enough, and he's our starting quarterback, and he gives us the best chance to win. I think we're going to have to start to believe them because I've been with the, I've been on that train the whole time. We talked about it a million times, but I think that was reinforced to me, at least, um, with that finale on Sunday. Yeah, tough to argue your point there. I think you're spot on, and and to think too, it wasn't again like you're you're taking on a team that cared. You know, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, so that, that, that goes point. The only thing I will say, and this isn't uh, going against your point, I think there is an argument to be made, though, that at, at some point could have you given Baker a week or two off, not necessarily going in the case camp, but yeah. just to maybe get him healthier. But again, you know, who knows? Because they, like you said, they said he was healthy enough to play. Um, I don't know if the eye test tells you that necessarily if he always looked like he was, but, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, your, your point's pretty much spot on. Let me Thanks. ask you this. Are, are you, do you think it's a big deal that they won compared to losing as far as momentum into the off season? Also, you gave up that fourth place schedule next year. Does, yeah. does that mean anything? No, I mean, I'm kind of split on that. I don't think, I don't think the win gives you a whole bunch of momentum going in next year. I think it's better than the alternative. Um, I think eight and nine, and it's weird because in the grand scheme of thing, I don't think it scheme of things. I don't think it matters. But you know, I've written eight and nine now for almost a week, and it feels different than if I had been writing seven and ten, right? Like, and again, it's like that doesn't matter. But that's Kevin Stefanski's record, right? It's one game better. Um, it, it just looks different because it is right. You got you don't have double digit losses, like. I think there's some psychological level to it. Um, and then, but having said that, well, yes, it probably doesn't matter much, if at all. I do think you have to play to win. And, you know, I'm on this text chain with a bunch of knuckleheads. And, you know, some guy was on there saying they should have lost because not only would it have improved their draft status, um, it gives them the fourth place schedule. And the fourth place schedule looks different, right? You get the Giants instead of Washington. And maybe, I think it's Jacksonville instead of Houston. Um, I, I just don't think you can think like that. And I never thought you could think like that. 
when the Browns were at the bottom of the league and it was, hey, if you lose, you guarantee the number one pick. I never bought into that. I think that's the wrong way to think. I think you can't have that mindset and approach as a as an organization. So especially, I mean, and that, that has a lot more to it, right? You have the number one pick in the draft versus two games on the schedule might be might be more advantageous, which we won't even know. But right? you don't know how the offseason is going to play out. You don't know how the schedule is going to play out. So um, I, I think they were better off winning it. Now, having said that, I'm not sure if there's any carryover, but I think you have to approach it that way. And I'm glad the Browns did approach it that way. Yeah, let's be honest. The schedule game, it, it, it's going to change. Everyone knows that. We talk about that all the time. So while on paper it looks better, at the end of the day, is it going to be that big of a deal? You got to go out and win your games anyway. So, yep. you know, <laughs> that's something. Let's work on that first. Let's, let's work on <laughs> I, I'm winning the games, again, no matter who you're going up against. Uh, but can you explain to everyone the difference in the draft positioning had they won or lost? And, you know, is that a, is that a big deal either way? Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up real quick, Chug, because I was so locked into what it actually turned out to be. Um, I'm going to I'm going to look it up real quick. But again, it, it, you know, it, it, first of all, you got to win regardless. But even if you take that out of the equation and say, OK, you know, let's be util, utilitarian here. Um, you know, if they move up from 13 to 10, you know, yeah. is that a huge difference, right? Like, I just don't think it is. Um, you know, it's not four to one, right? Like, you're not chasing that one quarterback. Now, who knows? Maybe the Browns draft the quarterback and we'll look back and go, oh, my gosh. Um, it would have been better if they were three spots higher. But you can always change things. Right? You can always make a trade to move up spots, especially from especially in the middle to the fir- of the first round, right? It's not, like I said, it's not moving up three to one where you got to give up, you know, a bunch of first round draft picks. So if they had lost, they would have been, you know, this site keeps jumping around on me, but Washington is at seven and 10 as well. And they are, there are a bunch of teams at seven and 10, starting at number eight, Atlanta, Denver, the Jets, which is Seattle's pick in Washington. So the Browns were, you know, I don't know. It's all strength to schedule tiebreakers. So I don't know exactly how high they could have gone up, but let's say they would have finished 10. Um, they would have finished no worse than they could have finished as worse as 12. So, you know, it's again, it's a couple of spots. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you know, can they get a good receiver at number 13? Yeah, they could get a good receiver at number 13. And if they feel like there's a guy they need at number 10, they got enough draft capital. Um, to go up and get that spot. So I don't think that should have been in consideration at all. Before we get into uh, the different things that happen in the week, let's just, let's just put a, a bow tie on, on the, the season as far as expectations. And uh, I think you went 12 wins. I went 10. Yeah. We, both, we both had them in the playoffs. But I'm just going to say this now. Not, and this isn't to you. This is to Browns Nation, all right? Mm-hmm. Let's remember, let's remember this team has never won the AFC North. Let's remember their, their, you know, history. And I don't care how much talent it might look like they have. It is not easy to win this division. And, you know, before, you know, we proclaim them to be the next big thing, we need to remember how difficult it is. 
And this is another example of just the excitement that we have in this city about this team. And while it definitely, because they made the playoffs and they beat the Steelers in the playoffs, it was well-deserved. And, you know, you felt like it was changing. We talked about this on this pod about, remember, Scott, teams that make the playoffs for the first time in a long time, and then how you have that, uh, you know, you go backwards that next year. It's, it's just very difficult to win this division. And listen, I had them making the playoffs. I'm in the boat too. We are, most people are, but it, you know, I, I remember people picking them to win 14 games yeah. and that, let, let, let's, you know, let's remember this before we jump to any huge conclusions before next year. Yeah. I think those are all really good points, Judd. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the, the kind of natural, Regression is not the right word, but the natural setback or step back for teams that have that playoff breakthrough. Um, you know, part of that is you're not used to being there. Part of it's the way the NFL works. It's hard to win in this league. And you're talking about the AFC North, and it's especially hard to win in the AFC North. But in general, it's hard to win in this league. And the teams that do it, and we're going to get into this more, the teams that do it consistently – have the best quarterbacks in the league. So if you don't have that and you don't have your quarterback playing like that, it makes it even harder. And that's when the margins get even thinner. And you see it across the league. It's not just a Browns thing. Um, so I, I think that I think we probably should have been more on alert for the natural step back, including you win close games one year, you lose close games the next year, right? There's an element of luck involved in that. Um, an element of things just kind of work, you know, the big number or the big math or whatever just kind of works out to that way. Um, so I think all your points are good, but I will say that what adds to the disappointment is the AFC North felt like it was there for the taking this year. And you never know if it's going to be this, be the same in any other year, right? Including 2022, the Steelers were down, even though they went to the playoffs and it's, you know, to some degree, well, it's a testament to the Steelers organization that they're in the playoffs with a team that was not extremely talented and couldn't score points, right? And LeBron still got swept by him. Um, right, but they were down this year. The Ravens obviously were down given all their injuries. Lamar misses the last whatever games. They lose the final six to go from the number one seed in the AFC to out of the playoffs. The two best teams in the division were down, and the Browns couldn't take advantage of that, and then they couldn't you know, wind up finishing ahead of Cincinnati who played way better than I expected him to. And now looks like a team to contend with for a long time because of Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon um, and all, you know, Trey Hendrickson. So my point is, but the Bengals got in at 10 wins, right? So they won the division with 10 wins. That's where we thought the Browns would be. I mean, you were lower than a lot of people with 10 wins. If the Browns win 10, they win the division. So Yes, it's hard to win the AFC North, but the opportunity was there this year. And I think part of that, I think that stings even more. And then the other thing I'll say is I think you have to learn how to win, right? And you, the assumption was the Browns figured that out last year, but it's more than a one-year process. I, 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 we talk about culture and winning traditions, yeah. being able to overcome. And, and I think the Browns are lacking that this year because they had the talent. 
And I don't care how many guys are hurt. I don't care how many guys miss games with COVID. Um, and Joel Batonio said this. They had the talent, and they should have been able to overcome it, and they didn't. And it came down to making plays in the fourth quarter, right? All the things we've talked about a billion times, why they're 8-9 and nine and not 11-7, and seven, right? Or 11 and – I can't even do the math. 11 and uh, – <laughs> 11 and six, right? I mean, it, and, yeah. the, the margin is that thin, um, but they did have the talent. They just were not able to do it. And, and again, that goes back to the disappointment and the frustration um, is that the opportunity was there and they just yeah. they, they couldn't capitalize. No, you make some great points there. I want to get to that talent that you just brought up in one second, but I want to uh, say one more thing, but you're right about that with the division. And, yeah, see, so when I predicted 10 wins, I, I had them as a wild card. And I, I kind of in my mind was thinking, and now I feel like it's a year behind because in my mind, I'm like, all right, they'll get the wild card. They'll get into the playoffs again. And then I want to see them. You know, I always talk about show me first before I predict. Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of like, not, now next year, can I predict them to win the division? Because I don't know if they know how, you know, I mean, I can't, can they figure that out? You know, maybe I will. We'll see. A lot of time will play out. But in my, in my natural progression, I was like, all right, they'll get 10 wins. They'll get the wild card. A lot of people felt like you needed to have 12 or uh, 11, 12, 13 wins. I, I kind of looked at the AFC and thought that there was a lot of teams bunched together. I mean, look, the Chargers didn't make it and yeah. the Colts didn't make it. And, you know, there are a lot of teams in the AFC. So I kind of thought that might dwindle down the wins a little bit. But, yeah, I didn't in my – I did not expect 10 wins to win the division. You make a great point there. What a disappointment that 10 wins won the division and it, and it wasn't the Browns. So you're so right about that. One thing, last thing I'll say too, is, is that uh, remember last year, they didn't deal with crowds. They didn't yeah. deal with the media. Really. There was all those things. It was kind of a, a, a outlier year, right? Uh, it was. A, a different type of, uh, yeah. So, you know, then they come in this year with all of that stuff back and, and they, and they take a step back, but let's, let's go to the, what do you think about that? Do you think there's anything to that? Yeah. I, I think that is one of the factors, uh, you know, I mean, they go into Kansas city in the week one and can't finish it off. And that's a loud crowd, right? They're in Baltimore on a Sunday night game and can't finish it out. It's a loud crowd. I, I think it's fair to wonder if that played some part in this, and I also think, you know, you talked to all these players this week and there was a sentiment of a lack, not enough brotherhood, right? And I think Jeremiah Wusukormoa was the first guy to say it. And he said, I don't want to say it's a lack of unity, but we could be stronger in that area. Brotherhood, brotherhood, unity, chemistry. Talked about the offense and defense kind of staying in their own lanes and not challenging each other which to some part is probably good because you don't want the defense saying, Hey, you need to score more points. You're killing us. Um, but uh, plenty of guys talked about a need for improvement there. And it's interesting because last year, everyone was in the same boat with COVID and the whole off season program was um, virtual. And Kevin Stefanski, I thought did a really good job connecting guys through that. He had this four H's thing. It was, you know, he had guys give kind of speeches. It was history and heartbreak and heroes. Um, history, heartbreak, heroes. There's another age. Um, and, like, there was a – he connected guys in difficult spot. And then this year you're back together, but you're not necessarily back together because you still have divided locker rooms because of COVID. And you still can't do a whole lot of 
off the field bonding things, right? So um, I think that the circumstances were hard and the Browns were not able to overcome that for whatever reason. And, you know, Stefanski says that he, he believes, and so did Andrew Barry, that that's more of a frustration, right? You get to the end of the year and why didn't we get in the playoffs? Why didn't we do what we needed to do? And you're looking for kind of re- things to blame. And, um, and I could see that, right. You're kind of grasping for something, but you know, all the, uh, multiple players pointed to this. So, uh, you know, I, I just think things change from year to year. The locker room's different. The vibe's different. So many players are in, players are in and out that weren't on the team a year ago. And to whatever degree that seems to have played some factor in the, the it's hope heroes history and heartbreak are the four ages. Um, and Stefanski, it's not like he abandoned that this year, and it's not like he wasn't trying to build chemistry. Um, but you know, you look at all these kind of intangibles and variables, and, and that's one of them. I'll give you an H. How about help? Let's yeah. uh help this team, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what about you? You mentioned talent. Do you, I, I, you know, everyone always says that, and I'm not, I'm not saying that obviously they have the talent with the naked eye. You could see that, but are we maybe overselling it a little bit? I mean, are, are they as talented as we yeah. believe they are? Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, well, let's set quarterback aside for a minute because that means so much. And they weren't nearly as talented a quarterback as they needed to be this year. But if you go to the rest of the roster, what I'm basing it on Chud is, you know, people ask me, okay, well, what are their biggest needs heading into next year? It's not a long list, right? I mean, you know this team. For decades, we I, the, the list was 10 things, right? Well, you need four linebackers and two defensive ends, and right, you could just go down the list. Now I look at it and I go, well, they need receivers, and they need a lot of help at receiving, um, especially depending on what they do with Jarvis Landry, who's due $15 million next year, but the cap hit, if they cut him, the dead money would only be $1.5 million, which is incentive to cut him coming off the year he had. Now, that doesn't mean they will cut him. If they need a veteran receiver, maybe they just say, hey, Jarvis is our best option, and we think we, we should bring him back, and he's worth $15 million. I can see that scenario. Um, the point is, they need help at receiver. And when we talk about the talent before the season to not after the season, what happened in that receiver room is the biggest drop-off. Odell was not Odell when he was here, whether it was him or the Browns being unable to get him the ball like they should have. But when he leaves, it leaves a void. Jarvis was not Jarvis. He got hurt in week two, missed four games, was not the same when he came back, missed a game, another game with COVID. Um, by the end of the season, you started to see Jarvis look more like Jarvis, but still career lows and catches yards and touchdowns. Um, Richard Higgins was a non-factor all year long. Donovan Peoples-Jones, it's interesting. You know, we talked so much about him during camp and he had a great camp. I thought he still showed up during the season. I think, I know some people are down on him. Um, he left plays out there. He dropped a couple balls that I don't, that he shouldn't have. Um, you know, there's plays that, I think he had a chance to make and didn't. You go back to that Baltimore game, there's a play on the first drive that could change the whole thing. He had a chance to catch it, and he didn't. So there are obviously examples, but I think overall he did take another step in his development. But he wasn't the breakthrough player 
you thought maybe he would be given that camp, uh, the camp that he had. Anthony Schwartz, a third round pick, was had an impact week one and then disappeared. So I, I'll give you that at receiver, right? I think that was a big fall off from what we expected. And then maybe tight end, you know, you thought Austin Hooper would have a strong second year given the contract he was getting that, you know, they paid him heading into 2020. And he was, you know, solid, but not extraordinary, certainly not worth $10.5 million. Um, but besides that, you know, like they still have a good offensive line when guys are healthy. Um, they still have the best running back room in the league. Uh you know, I thought the D-line played well with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Now you have to figure out if Clowney's coming back. If not, you need another defensive end. And linebacker, you have JOK, Jacob Phillips started to come on at the end of the year. I think they're set at corner, right, with, with uh, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, the second. Greedy Williams, Troy Hill. They have John Johnson the third and Grant Delpit. Now these guys, some of them need to play better, but really I, I had in the offseason going, okay, well, they need – they need to really beef up receiver, and then they have to figure out the pass rush because you don't know about Jadavion Clowney and Tack McKinley. But I don't see a big – a bunch of holes. So, yeah, I do think the talent outside of quarterback was plenty for this team to be in the playoffs. And I think if you watch the playoffs this weekend, you look around and go, hey, the Browns are as good as X, Y, and Z um, if you take quarterback out of the equation. Boy, I think you nailed it, man. Great, great points all across the board. And I, I think receiver, when you when you talk about wide receiver, that's exactly right. That that that's the spot where you felt like it was gonna be so much better and it, it just didn't work out. And it's you know, there's a couple things here and there, but I think you I think you said it well. So I guess that gets us to uh <laughs> you know the the segments that uh you know, we, we talk about all the time brought to you by Pet Tracks Pebbles. And uh, <laughs> I mean, but let's be honest, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, we'll continue to talk about it. Big news this week. Would you say that was the headline of yeah. the uh, of the week? Yeah, fully expect Baker to be the starter in 2022 and bounce back by Andrew. Yeah. Barry. Yep. 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 Yeah. And let me ask you this, Chud. Um, yeah. To me, that's the no brainer big headline of the week. First of all, Andrew Barry's not, doesn't say a lot. So when he is that strong about something, it's worth noting. Obviously it's the most important position on the team. You know, we all know about Baker's year. Um, so it was significant that he said that, but let me ask you, you've been in this business plenty long. Yeah. It's Jan, you know, he says it on January 11th. Right. Today's a we're taping this on Friday, so it's a 14th. So yeah, he says on Tuesday the eleventh. Do you believe that he really means that? Or he has to say that because Baker might be the guy, right? Baker might be the default option. He's he's guaranteed almost $19 million next year on the last year of his rookie contract. Who knows if they're going to be able to upgrade? Um, and if Baker winds up being the guy. Don't you have to talk all along like he is going to be the guy, right? You have to prop him up. You have to give him support. And then if something changes in February or March or April where quarterback A, B, or C becomes available, then you shift and you go from, yeah, well, we did fully expect to, hey, we can upgrade 
and we're always looking to upgrade. So I guess how much stock do you put in to what Andrew Barry says on January 11th? I think you just you you hit it right on the head. He, he had to say it. I mean, what else is he going to say? This would mean more to me if Baker wasn't under contract and they had to resign him for another year. That would then if he came out and said something like that to be like, oh, wow, you know, right. or there. But we, we know that they don't want to sign him to that huge long term deal. Otherwise, it would have been done by now. Right. Yeah. So basically it's a, it's really a no lose situation to say what he said, because you know, you have him for one more year. He has one more year left, right? Yeah. Yeah. One more year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if things change, then they're going to change, but how here's the deal. They might not know. They might not have another option right now. What is the other option? I mean, are you going to bring in a, a big free agent quarterback? And, and who's that going to be? How do you know who that would even be right now? Uh, you know, there's names and rumors out there. I mean, but you know, I mean, what's Russell Wilson going to do? What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? What, what, what are some of these? We don't know that yet. So clearly, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield? Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? I don't know if the situation would ever allow that to happen, right? I, I'm just throwing out names. Sure. And and is there a quarterback in the draft with where they're drafting that they think they have their future guy? Maybe Andrew Barry's such a smart cat that he knows there's a guy that he can get in the second round that's going to change the franchise, and we just don't know it yet, and he does. I don't know. I mean, so basically I'm just echoing your point as to, yeah, that's what he has to say, and it could change. And if it doesn't change – they're comfortable bringing them back because, I mean, let's be honest, the guy did take them to the playoffs last year. And, I mean, he is a viable quarterback in the NFL. No one thinks otherwise. I mean, he, I mean, right? He can get it done. He can get it done on, on any given Sunday. He just doesn't get it done like the elite guys. I think that's fair to say. And we've seen it enough, right? We've seen him win games. I mean, he won 12 games a year ago, right, if you include the playoff game. So I, I do think if the Browns forced isn't the right word, but if the Browns wind up bringing Baker back as their starter, um, there, there can be a level of optimism there, right? We have seen him do it before is what they keep saying, right? He had his best year under Kevin Stefanski in 2020. Like there's things you can point to. And it's, you know, a lot of it's the same stuff the fans point to, right? The Baker believers, you know, point to his successes. And I understand that. And there is a level of thought among coaches that if you can do it once, you can do it again. Now, I don't necessarily buy into that because everybody can get lucky. Not, you know, it's not all luck, but, you know, it's, it's all about consistency, right? And that's what makes great players great is that they do it week in and week out. And it's not once every six weeks, right? Or once every six games. So I, I'm not necessarily a believer in that. Um, but I do think if, if he's your guy in 2022, you can say, okay, let's get him back to where he was in 2020. We've seen his arm strength be good enough. We've seen his accuracy from time to time be good enough, right? He started this season great. He had through two games, he was 80% leading the league. Um, so you have those glimpses you can kind of grasp onto. Um, but I, I'm having a hard time getting 2020 out of my head or 2021. <laughs> well 2021 well, out of my head right yeah, yeah. And, no it's it, it's hard and 
the the positive to Baker is if part of that was the injuries though, and and he can come back, and that really did hold him. And he's a human being, right? If the injuries really held him back, the problem I have though is, and while that could be the case, I also have seen with my own eyes the guy cannot win a big game at the end of the game, and 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 the numbers show that and that's the whether he's healthy or not that's my concern with baker mayfield it's it's not that he can't come out and and do it any given sunday as i said it's it's the just being that elite guy and you know but you know it's not to say that he can't turn it around i mean you can't close the book on this guy you just can't but at the same point like you said it's hard to get those images out of your head well, I, I get a couple points on there, Chud. And I, I think I'm working. I'm going to work on a story the next couple of days about the quarterback options, right? It's bring Baker back. It's try to upgrade, it, you know, the draft, whatever. All those options that are out there. So maybe next week we can just do, if nothing else happens, we can just do all Baker quarterback. Because um, I still think that's worth talking about and really diving into. Um, but when you talk about, you know, the injuries, it's, it is a question of how much of those affected. And there's different, there's different opinions there. To me, I don't think that's an excuse. I think he needs to overcome some things. I, you know, I can point to the Cincinnati game. He played well with the torn labrum and the restrictive harness. So it's not like he couldn't do it. He just didn't do it enough. He didn't do it enough at the right moments. Um, and I think that's a mark against him. I, I think it goes beyond accuracy there's decision-making, there's seeing the field, things that aren't, at least aren't directly contributed to the torn labrum in the harness he's wearing. And that concerns me that he wasn't good enough at that level. And, you know, you talk about quarterbacks, it starts with that. It starts with seeing the field and making the right reads and making good decisions. And if you don't trust your quarterback to do that, it's awfully difficult in this league. And I, I do think it was telling that, uh, at least on some level, that when you ask Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, specifically Andrew Barry, and I asked him, one, I think multiple people did, but I know I did, well, what gives you confidence that Baker's going to bounce back? The answers are toughness and team-oriented and work ethic. Well, those are all great qualities, but it would be nice to hear him say, well, yeah, he makes good decisions. He throws the ball where we ask him to. He puts it on the money. He avoids sacks. You're right, he's got great pocket presence. But those things don't come up as answers. And even when you talk to teammates, it's always toughness this, right? And he's a fighter. And I'm not diminishing that quality. And I think that's an, those are important qualities. But you need some tangibles, right? <laughs> like standing tall in the pocket and – seeing the open receiver in front of you and getting the ball out of your hand in a timely manner. Like those things matter and they matter greatly. And Baker was deficient in those areas way too often this year. So man, you, you, you are on fire today. I mean, that is, that, that is an amazing point. It really is. is. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Which is why, you you know, you say you can't close the door on him. I'm not convinced about that, Chud. I, I like, the league's not going to close the door on Baker, but if the right guy popped up, I, I really do believe the Browns would close the door on him. The question oh, no, is, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. No, I'm not saying that 
you can't the Browns can't close the door on him. I'm saying in his NFL career, yeah. you can't close the door on him. Well, yeah, you're 100 percent right. You're you're right yeah. about that. He's get, he's going to be somewhere, right? And he's going to be playing somewhere. It's just a matter of yeah. where it is, and, and then it's a matter of do the Browns are the Browns going to have a legitimate option to upgrade, or do they find a guy that can just kind of push him? You know, um, a, a, a viable alternative that you bring to camp. And if Baker struggles, you change, right? Is it the Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, you know, somebody in that vein that doesn't come in and is, is necessarily the starter, but gives you that option. Um, I need to go through all the quarterback rosters to see who else might fit. Um, you know, do you consider Kirk Cousins an upgrade? Because he might be available. They blew everything up in Minnesota, right? Well, and let's not forget, you're talking to a guy. I told, I've said it all year long. I didn't know whether he was the guy, and this was before the season right. started. Right. I, I mean, I told you how many times that I didn't know whether they should give him that big. Could you imagine if they gave him that big deal right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 unless getting him that big deal would have changed him mentally, and he'd be a different guy. I don't know. Is that possible? <laughs> well, that's a great point, Chad. Because I thought they would sign him. I thought they should sign him. And you're right. Now. There's a chance that if he had the big contract, they might have shut him down sooner. Like, you, you know, you wonder about that, right? Okay, we're, we're really thinking about the future is opposed to this year, which I don't love that attitude, but I think it's something that would have been considered. Um, possibly, you know, probably not, but I, I just think you can't rule that out. Um, and, and, yeah, maybe, you know, Baker knowing that the Browns were completely in his corner because they're paying him $40 million, Maybe that has a psychological aspect and impact. I struggle with that. Um, again, you're right. These guys are human, and things matter, and the support from your organization matters, right? And Odell's dad ripping you publicly, probably I'm sure that had an impact on Baker. He said it had an impact on him. There's internal drama, right? Um, but I, I guess I want my quarterback to be above that, and I want my quarterback to overcome those things. So. Um, well, and, and and another thing too that drives me nuts is just go out and be the guy and yeah. play the game and stop having issues with media members and going on Twitter and everything that go. I hate that. I just I wish he could get past that. Love the commercials, right? But also <laughs> when I see the commercials, I'm like, gosh. I mean, you would think this guy had won a Super Bowl with the way, <laughs> I mean, right? The, so right. I just I. It's just those type of things drive me nuts. And I, I just. <laughs> oh, I think that's a great point. I think, he, I think they bother the Browns as well. I think when you look at the whole evaluation of Baker, those are cons. Um, you know, I think you can include after they beat the Lions, him not talking to the media and kind of walking off the field without celebrating. I think that is also included in the pile, right? Things that other quarterbacks don't do, you know? And some people dismiss those. I don't. I think those all get thrown in the pile of, okay, is he the guy? Um, and obviously he's not answered that question affirmatively yet. You, know, you can say that he still has a chance, not you, just people can say that he still deserves another chance. And I'll listen to that argument. Um, but you're 100% right about that contract, Chad. I mean, just imagine if this year plays out the same way. He struggles. He's got the injuries, all of it. And you know that the team's committed to him for $40 million guaranteed for the next two or three years, and they can't get out of that contract, right? 
then you're looking at a situation where there's no choice but to bring him back for another year, right? He's got to be your guy. There's no way around it. And then you're starting to think of escape plans like the Eagles did with Carson Wentz and like the Rams did with Jared Goff, right? After mm-hmm. they signed those big contracts. So you're 100%. And then, and I give the Browns credit to Paul D. Podesta and Andrew Barry for not rushing into that contract. And the fact is they never got close, right? There were never substantial discussions, which means they wanted to see more from Baker. All right. Uh, before we uh, talk NFL playoffs here and a uh, little prediction time, uh, what else from the week of hearing from Barry and Stefanski uh, stands out to you before we uh, put this week to bed? Um, yeah, I th- you know, the other – a couple of nuggets, right? Stefanski was on the radio on Thursday, 92.3 Baskin and Phelps, who I go on with every week. Um, and he was more open about the relationship with Baker. You know, he, we've asked him a bunch of times because not only are there rumblings of tension and frustration, Baker criticized the play calling twice, right? He says, after the win over Baltimore, we got too conservative. Um, and he says, after the loss – that Monday the Monday night loss to Pittsburgh, we needed to help James Hudson more at right tackle. Those are direct shots at Coach Kevin Stefanski. And whether or not, you know, I'm, I don't think those are like relationship killers, but your quarterback usually doesn't say that about your coach, right, publicly to the media after games. So we don't have to go searching for examples of conflict between the two because those are two examples Baker told the world. So that's been a topic of conversation. Kevin Spansky had not said much about it. Um, Kevin, yeah, we're fine. The relationship hasn't changed. But on Baskin and Phelps, he said, hey, we push each other. He respects me. I respect him. We have a good working relationship. So, you know, that's another step toward Baker coming back in 2022 as a starter is can they work through these issues? I've been told by someone familiar with their exit meeting that yes, they're committed to working um, to solving all these issues. The exit meeting was a positive step, according to Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield. Um, So that's one takeaway. The other, one of the other ones was Andrew Barry says play calling is one of Kevin Stefanski's strengths and he doesn't see a problem there. We've talked about the play calling a bunch, right? I think people should just get used to, the fact that Kevin Stefanski's probably going to be a play of color again. You just need that system to work better. The passing offense from the game plan to the play calling to the quarterback to the receivers, all of it needs to be better. And then the last thing, I'm, I'd almost slipped my mind here. Andrew Bear was asked about Jarvis Landry, and he did not ask, answer the part of the question, which was, do you plan to bring him back? Right. Or, you know, what's Jarvis's future? And I already went through the contract situation. It felt like Andrew Barry was giving Jarvis Landry a send off. He said all kinds of nice things about him. Um, That's how it felt. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a way that Jarvis comes back. You let the free agency play out. He's your best option. Or you go to Jarvis and say, hey, can we lower your number for 2022? But we'll keep you for another year or two. Right. And you change, you restructure his contract. Those are scenarios that I can envision. But I thought the way Andrew Barry answered that question or not answered the question was a sign that at the least 
It's a question whether Jarvis Landry comes back, but probably a probability that Jarvis Landry does not come back. Oh, I don't like to hear that. I mean, I, I'm not even concerned about money when it comes to something like, I, I just feel like they need that guy. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's interesting. You say that Chad. in, and maybe I get too caught up or we as a media get too caught up in those contract numbers, right? Like, man, you can save $15 million with only a $1.5 million cap. It. Like that's real. And they have cap room, but you can always use more cap room, right? And you're going to probably sign Denzel Ward to a long-term extension. That's close to $20 million. Right. And you just look at all these things that can happen in the offseason. season. Jadavian Clowney, Right. Do you think about paying him 12 or $15 million, right? Well, you need to get that money from someone. Um, but your point is right that it's not all about money. And $15 million is not crazy amount of money to pay your top receiver. And if the Browns decide to draft a receiver in the first or second round, but they want a veteran presence, which in my opinion, they'll need, whether it's Jarvis or somebody else, they need a veteran presence. Can you, can you do better than Jarvis? Now, you might be able to do cheaper than Jarvis, but can you do better than Jarvis? Um, that's a real question for, for this organization to answer. Um, but I guess my take, my final point is, Barry could have been way stronger. Um, yeah. And the fact that he wasn't makes me question whether or not Jarvis can stay. Yeah, I heard that interview yesterday on Baskin and Phelps. Um, I was in the car. I got to hear the whole thing. It was, uh, that's a tough spot to be in. Uh, you know, I thought Baskin and Phelps did a good job with the interview because you know you're not going to get the answers that you necessarily are looking for, and it's sure. tough when you have them on to put a guy like that on the spot. I thought they did a good job trying to, you know, get get some information out of them without, you know, directly saying, basically, hey, are you going to call plays next year? Because it didn't really go so great this right. year, you know, and right. that you know, you got to figure out a way as a, as a reporter to ask those questions without, you know, he's being nice and coming on the show. Uh, that, that said media members are, and, and they even talked about that. And Stefanski mentioned in other cities like Philadelphia, how brutal and not brutal, but difficult sure. the, the media can be, but you know, there, there were definitely like the topics of him calling plays and Baker. I thought they did a decent job trying to get as much as they could out of him. Yeah, I agree. It, that's, it, it is a tough spot. I mean, it's, you know, you're going to be combative from the jump with the coach. Um, you know, plus he's been asked the, the quote unquote combative questions three days earlier, right? We tried right. to ask him all those questions. So I, yeah, he's smart enough. He's not going to go on there and all of a sudden they're going to like pry it loose. Um, right. I, I thought he gave him some nuggets. I thought the question about the um, script at the beginning of games. Yeah. I think it was Jeff asked, and he said, hey, we need to do a better job coming out of halftime or even in the fourth quarter telling the guys, these are the plays we're going to run. And I've never heard Kevin say that before, and I'm not sure I've ever even thought about it like that. Well, they're so ready for the beginning of the game plays. If you can figure out a way to get them ready for the next set of plays, right? Um, could have an impact. So I, I thought that was really, I thought that was an interesting point that they brought up. All right. You ready to do some uh, predictions? I am. All right. Let's do that. Let's, let's, uh, you got them in front of you here for the week. Yeah. Here okay. we go. I mean, six games. This is going to be good. You got two on Saturday, three on Sunday, 
And then for the first time ever, Monday night football, right? We've never had a, a Monday night football game in the playoffs. No, it, it's going to be it, – that's going to be really interesting. Um, and I think – I think the Mannings are going to do one of these games. I don't know if it's a Monday night game or not, but I'm pretty sure they're going to do one of the wild card games, the Manning cast, and I think that'll be great. I thought I heard that was Monday. Okay. Um, but, but I, I – I mean, that would make me. sense, but I, don't, I just don't yeah. know that for sure. Yeah, don't hold me to it. But, uh, boy, how about the Colts, man, oh. not getting in, losing to the Jags? That's unbelievable. It, and the fact that the Steelers snuck in. Judd, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It, it, that is unbelievable. Um, you know, if you're the Colts and you're the Colts fans, I, I don't know how you wrap your head around that. And you're, all of a sudden you're thinking you're a team that might be able to surprise people because you can run the ball. Um Right in the playoffs, you can hand it to Jonathan Taylor a ton, and then you lose to Jacksonville. Like it does, like it doesn't make any sense. And I need to go back. I didn't, I didn't watch all the in-season hard knocks. Um, I've caught bits and pieces, but I need to go back and watch that one because I think it, it's, it's got to be great. I caught the last. I caught right at the end where it's Frank Reich kind of saying goodbye to the team, his exit, you know, his exit uh, speech to the t- exit team meeting. Um, but I need to go watch that whole episode because. I, it's got to be great. You know, maybe they show guys thinking that they are going to go into Jacksonville and win easy. Right. I mean, that has mm-hmm. to be at some level of human thought is we're 16 point favorites. You start thinking about being in the playoffs and then it comes up and bites you in the behind. So, you know, that's right. Pretty- but did you see they hadn't won there in since like 2014 or something? I, well, yeah, I heard about that during the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, maybe there's something there and, then there's the Carson Wentz, or you right. know, I mean, yeah. um, he, I mean, the guy didn't throw an interception on the road, I don't think, all year, and then he, he did. I, I think that's, I, I think, think you're right. True. I mean, yeah. it, but but you know, there's always, you know, there's always a lot of pressure and talk about him as a quarterback. So, well, uh, did you see what his GM said when he asked yeah. about him coming back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready to say that. <laughs> and they traded a, a first and third round pick to get him, right? Right, which just shows so. you, right? I mean, first of all, it shows you how this quarterback carousel is going to spin in this offseason. And it shows you that you're always searching for that guy, right? And, he, and not that Indy can't bring him back, but they had to look at him for a year and might have said, hey, we just can't win consistently with this guy, right? And then it's okay. Who are we going to go get next? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> and then the whole – how about the whole Raiders – Chargers tie scenario. Oh. That game, I mean, I'm sure you couldn't have stayed up, right? You had to get up early. Yeah, that was the best game I've seen in forever, Chud. It was that game was fascinating. Herbert, I mean, he must have converted like eight fourth downs to give him a chance to win that game. He was phenomenal, and then they still wind up losing on that field goal. I can't tell. My daughter is so into the NFL right now. She she was so into watching the Browns game, even though it didn't mean anything, and. Uh, you know, we uh, pick helmets for the playoffs. We got these little tiny uh, NFL helmets. And I was, she was all into that game. Like what's going to happen. And I, I was explaining to her, I'm like, only there's only been one tie in the NFL this year. Right. And that, that was the Steelers lions. And, and the fact that that game almost tied with, with everything on the line that would have, you know, it definitely would have been just so crazy if that game would end in a tie, but she was all into it. Like, are the, oh, the Steelers are going to get in. You're kidding me. And I'm like, <laughs> I, it's just, oh man, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's nothing like the NFL. It really is. Uh, 
it's exciting. So, all right, let's, uh, man, man, now, now I want to go back and watch that game. Yeah. I, it was I so the, good. I saw the first quarter and then I had to bail, uh, but had to get up early, obviously for work right. and, uh, the morning show go. There you go. Channel three. There's my <laughs> all right. Raiders Bengals. Who do you got? That's the first game. Yeah. Do you got the spreads in front of you? Well, yeah, I did write them down. Okay. Um, you know, unless they've changed, I got Bengals minus five and a half. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders plus the points. Um, I, I, I'm more, I think Cincinnati can throw it all over them, but Max Crosby just dominated the Chargers the other day. And I don't think the Bengals offensive line is any better than the Chargers offensive line at right tackle, which is where Crosby comes off. So I, I think there's a chance that the Raiders stay in this game because they can get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow, who was sacked a ton this season. And then I like Derek Carr to make some plays against that Cincinnati defense. So I would say Cincinnati wins, but um, at this time of year, I, you know, with the point spreads, I kind of think the Raiders are going to keep it close. Yeah. So you're going Bengals win. Yeah, I guess. Okay. But I, 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 yeah, but give me, I mean, I like the Raiders in the points like that. I like that pick better <laughs> than, the, <laughs> right. than the Bengals away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Bengals probably pull it out. So, yes, that's what I would go. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going Bengals. And now they haven't won a playoff game since what, like 1990? Yeah, it's been forever. 91, somewhere in there. Uh, I mean, the Browns have even won a playoff game since, yeah. since then. Um, I'm going to go Bengals. I just think there's something special about Burrow. And while I do agree mostly with the thought of five and a half, I'm going to go the opposite and just say that Cincinnati pulls it out and they even cover just the fact of, you know, that late game on Sunday night, and then you got to travel across country and then play on Saturday. Uh, That's a good point, Chud. That, that, that was in my head too. So that's a good point. But we both think the Bengals win the game. Bottom line. Yeah. At night Patriots at bills and, you know, about a month and a half ago, you know, if you would have told me that now it is in Buffalo, I, I would have gone Patriots probably because the Bills were struggling and the Patriots defense looked amazing. It, you, got, you know, greatest coach ever, blah, 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 blah. I'm picking the Bills to win, though. I think the cold weather at home, I mean, they're both cold weather teams, but I just think, I think, you know, I, I, I can't go against my boy, you know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going with him. And uh, I don't know if they'll cover or not. That, that, it's a line. That's, that's tough. Three and a half. Uh, Buffalo minus three and a half. Yeah. So, but I'm definitely picking the Bills to win and and maybe to cover. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the Bills big in this, Chad. Yeah, and, okay. And I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong on all these, right? But we know what happened when they played that. It was a Monday night game and the terrible weather, right? And the Patriots ran it 50 times on them. Um and it's going to be cold again in Buffalo Saturday night, like really cold. Yep. But I think Buffalo is just a better team. Josh Allen's so much better than Mac Jones. Yep. If you need to throw it, he's got the arm to throw it. Um, you would think that Buffalo could make an adjustment to not let New England run the ball for 300 yards. Um, I just think they're more talented, and it shows up in a home playoff game. All right, we're both on the same page there. 
Sunday early game, Eagles at the Buccaneers. Eagles are getting eight. I'm going to take Philly with the points. I think Tampa wins, but I take, I'm taking Philly with the points. Um, the weather's good. Again, not that I'm a huge, you know, I'm not Betsy Kling, um, but <laughs> it's going to be windy and rainy. I think that affects the passing game. The Buccaneers have issues, right? We saw what happened with Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin, I believe, is still hurt. They just don't have the receiving core that they had um, earlier in the year. Philadelphia can run the ball. Now, it's tough to run, you know, and Vita Vea is in there um, with Tampa, but I still think Philly is going to figure out a way to run the ball as long as they don't get behind by a bunch of points. Um, Hertz can make some plays off schedule, assuming he's healthy. Um, so I just think it, I think the weather kind of equalizes things a little bit and Philly keeps it close, but loses, but I, I like the plus eight. Okay. I'm going Buccaneers too. Uh, it's hard to imagine Tom Brady losing a playoff game at home, uh, as an eight point favorite. I could go either way on the line. I, I, I could see you being right about that. Um, I could also see a case where I mean, well, you got just such an advantage at quarterback. I mean, Hertz is, I mean, he had a heck of a year, but he had more of a heck of a fantasy year than like, I, he's a better <laughs> fantasy quarterback than he is a real quarterback at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's where I hesitate. I honestly, I would probably stay away from this line. Um, I can see that. Yeah. 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 So, but I guess gun to my head, I'll take the Bucks even covering, but okay. I I would definitely not bet it, and I don't disagree with any of your points. Uh, this is going to be a good one. This, this is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. This is the Sunday four o'clock window, 49ers at yeah. the Cowboys. Cowboys minus three. I just I love everything about this game. Uh, yeah, I, I love both offenses. Um, this is. This is going to be a fun one. I'm going to go first on this one because this yeah. is my this is my upset. Ooh. I'm, I'm taking the Niners to win. Wow. And part of that is because I just – my boy Debo, Debo, man, I, I love that guy. I love watching him. He was on my fantasy team, yes. And I yeah. <laughs> I, just, I love the guy, man. He's, he's, I, I love watching him. I, uh, you know, they have a lot of playmakers on that offense. Uh, now the Cowboys at home do put up points. So I, that this is a bold kind of prediction, but I also see the Cowboys as being that team that could just choke here in the first round. So I'm going, I'm going Niners. Yeah. You, you're probably right about this being the best game, Chud. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys and I'm going to give the points. Um, and I'm saying that based solely on the quarterback. I think Dak Prescott, is a big time quarterback and there's still questions about Jimmy G and maybe when we talk about quarterback options next week, um, <laughs> Jimmy G is a quarterback option, right? Cause it would seem like he's going to be available. They drafted Trey Lance. They traded up to draft Trey Lance um, where they traded up and then drafted Trey Lance. So you would assume he's going to be the starter next year. So therefore Jimmy's going to be available. Um, I think there's a real, real discussion to be had whether or not he is, an automatic upgrade over Baker. I'm not convinced he is. You could make an argument that he is. Uh, I know he played great to bring him back last week, right? They needed the win to get in the playoffs, and he brought him back in the fourth quarter to beat the Rams. Maybe that's the momentum they need. 
I know that they can run the ball. And if you can run the ball, it gives you a chance to win. I get all those things. Um, but I think quarterback's so important in the playoffs. And I really like Dak. I think he's got weapons around him. Um, so give me the Cowboys, but it's a little scary for sure. And you have them covering. I do. I do. Okay. All right. I, yeah, those are all good points. Steelers chief Sunday night football, by the way, that Raiders Bengals game is on uh, NBC on channel three. That's on Saturday. Then Sunday night football Steelers and chiefs Steelers right now getting 12 and a half. I got to tell you, you know, I'm going to, Huge spread. That's hot. Yeah, that's huge. 12 and a half. I got to take the 12 and a half in the Steelers. I'll pick the Chiefs to win the game. That said, though, man, you know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs could do, they they could win the Super Bowl or get upset at any point. That's how up and down I think it could be with them. But I'll definitely take the 12 and a half. Yeah. This might be one I stay, would stay away from. Um, from a gambling perspective, not that I sure. gamble, but if yeah. I were gambling, um, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say the chiefs and I'm going to say they cover. Um, okay. yeah. I mean, I, to me, this is, I mean, the point spread shows it to me, this is the biggest mismatch in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I really respect what Ben and the Steelers did to get there, but I mean, geez, Chud, we watched them play on Monday night against the Browns. We watched them play on that Sunday game against the Browns where they scored 15. Um, I watched them play the Chiefs a few weeks ago, and they couldn't score. Like, they couldn't move the ball. You're so, right. Like, the Chiefs are going to score points. So, I, I just have a hard time thinking the Steelers can keep up. Now, I'm sure there's a scenario where they run the ball a bunch and keep it away from Pat Mahomes in right. the game, right? And that keeps it in the ballpark. Um, but I also think there's a chance that Kansas City scores early, and then the Steelers have no chance. Well, if there's a coach, Mike Tomlin can figure out a way to try to keep that that game a little bit closer and with the second chance. Yes. But, yeah, well, you're right. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the, a lot of these spreads, I mean, I could just see them going either way. I mean, sure. It, it's – Sure. That's, right. that's, that's what makes it tough, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I think the last game, uh, Cardinals-Rams. So I feel really confident in the Bengals, pretty confident in the Bills and the Bucks. Like those are games where, you know, yeah, if the other I, I would kind of be surprised if the Raiders won outright. I would. I'd be surprised if the Eagles won outright. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking the 49ers as an upset, but listen, I'm I'm picking one upset. This is the game where I really think it could go either way and is a tough one. Cardinals at the Rams. Cardinals, uh, the Rams minus four. I definitely think with the line, it's tough. Um, I think this is the toughest game to pick, but I just think the Rams are better, so I'll, I'll go I'll go L.A. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this, uh, you know, first of all, it's a division, division rivals, right, which makes it harder to pick. I think both teams are flawed. You know, you saw Arizona play – I think I'm right about this. They played really well to beat Dallas in week 17 – and then they lose week 18 to Seattle, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that happened. I was covering, I was covering the Browns, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, the Rams have been up and down all year. Like, they're on TV. They're on national TV all the time, so I've seen them. Up and down. Stafford throws picks. But then he comes back to win the game in Baltimore in week uh-huh. 17. Um, 
Odell's making plays in the red zone. Cooper Cup's phenomenal. They have a big-time defensive line. Like, I think the Rams are better. I also think this is a kind of game where if Stafford throws an early pick or two, it swings. You know, like, to me, this is a game that's going to be decided. You know, they're all decided by how they play out. But, like, this feels like it could change um, during the game. It's not about talent. You know, it's about how the game plays out. If one of the coaches schemes Wings. something up that – you know, yeah. gives up a touchdown. You know, like, it, it just feels like it could swing really easily easily to me. Um, having said that, I'm not a big Kyler Murray lover. Um, he's grown on me, but, I, you know, I, I, that style isn't my favorite just from a, like, fan perspective. Um, and I think, the Ravens, I think the Rams are better defensively. You know, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller started to show a little – the last couple of games. Um, so, so give me Rams covering, um, but I, I'm with you. That's of all these games. That's the one that that in the Cowboys game feel to me like they could swing the most. Um, mm-hmm. now, let me ask you this, Judd. I would say Buffalo minus three and a half would be my favorite game. Like if I were picking one game um, to load up on, let's say, um, that would be the game. Do, do you have a uh, favorite out of all these? Wow. Um, that's just – yeah, I mean, that. I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you know, I love Josh Allen and the Bills. I, I It's just three and a half with Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, – <clears throat> I think – I mean, for me, I, I guess it would be take the three and the Niners. Yeah, yeah, I get them. that. If I'm picking them to win outright, yep. give me the three. Yep. And uh, that would probably I, – I guess the next one I'd lean towards is I just think at the end of the day, that's a trap line with the Eagles. Yeah. I think you look at it and you're like, oh, I'll take the Eagles in eight. N- not you necessarily. Yeah, I got you. Kids. I got you. So I, I, could see the, the Bu- I could see the Buccaneers ending up winning that game like, you know, 20 – you know, 27 to 13 or something, you know, something like that. I don't know. So gotcha. uh, I'll, I'll take, again, I picked the Rams like you did. I'd say Rams cover, but nothing would surprise me on, uh, on that one. But yeah, cool. but you, you feel very, I mean, you're, you're, that's pretty strong with the bills. Three and yeah. A half. And I don't, you know, it's, I'm probably an idiot for against Belichick, but I, I just thought as the season went on Mac Jones, not that he didn't have a great year, but, I thought there were vulnerabilities. I don't think his arm's strong. You know, we talk about them running the ball 50 times at one game or however many times they ran it. A lot of that was because they didn't trust Mac Jones to throw the ball. And yeah. if it gets into a spot in Buffalo on Saturday night where it's freezing, um, I don't know if I trust Mac Jones, uh, his arm, to get the ball. No, I, I agree. You know what? I, I think I might take that back and take the Bengals instead of the uh, the, the Bengals. Okay. I, 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 I just think because of those reasons I brought up earlier, I think they cover. Yeah, it's interesting. I could so, see that. I know something yeah. about maybe it's because I watched the Raiders win on Sunday night, you know, leaves that impression like, oh, you know, they got something in them. I don't know. Um, it's been a weird year for them. So, and hey, you know, what? The Bengals what, got who, a long time without winning the game. Who, who do you got in the Super Bowl? Let's put, let's. Oh, geez, Chad. Dude, dude, what do you think? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go um, Packers, Chiefs. Packers Chiefs, all right. I'm gonna go. Uh, 
Boy, yeah, the Chiefs. Gosh, I mean, it's just they're just they're gonna have to go to Tennessee theoretically, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wild one at you. I'm gonna go Packers Bills. Okay, I can see that. That might have been my pick before the season. I have to go double check. I had the Bills in the Super Bowl and all that before the season. Yeah, I. Um, but gosh, I mean, the Bills. We've also seen them blow it too. So. <laughs> Um, but I do feel pretty good about the Packers just because of what, you know, you never, never, never count out Brady though. But oh. if, you know, it's gosh, I think it's going to be a more difficult for them to get there this year. I agree with that completely. All right. Cool. That well, was fun, Chuck. That was a good time. All right. Um, yeah. And we'll try to do this again next week. Cause I do want to dive deeper um, into that quarterback thing. Um, just the quarterback options, you know, and then we can, you know, we'll figure out how we want to do this the rest of the way, but we got free agents we can talk about. There's always something to talk about. So we'll hook up again. Um, I really appreciate the time. This was fun. That was Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. And this has been Scott Petrick with another episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast. And you can read all my work on brownzone.com. Thanks for listening.